that was on a Friday and by the Monday um, I'd contacted a rehab in Geelong and I'd booked in and I checked myself in on the Tuesday um, and went in there for 30 days. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to All Things Taboo with Karen Taylor. Thank you so much for tuning in and for having listened to the last two seasons. Um, this is probably one of the hardest episodes that I've recorded, mostly because it's just been difficult to kind of string a lot of things together. And I wanted to share about um, this year and the experience that I've gone through and just where I'm at mostly because I know that this is not something that I alone struggle with and I just I feel like there's people out there who may be able to benefit from my own story and I have been away for a while this year was a shit show um you know just with lockdowns and opening and closing the business um it yeah really I eventually it just my body just decided that it was enough I've just it just packed up and I was not doing very well. I think as we come to the end of this year and hopefully um, to a slightly more normal 2022, um, and just sort of reflecting back on this year and sharing that as the first episode for this season. And hopefully next year, yeah, all my guests that um, I have got episodes recorded, pre-recorded, I'll just be able to have the time to edit those and get those out. I... I'm just one person, so it's been difficult considering my mental health hasn't been great. Um, I'm only one person, and I do all the recording and editing myself, so it's been a it's been a journey. Um, but I thought I would just be as honest and open as I can be, um, in the light that this might help somebody else out there who's struggling. I guess for me, um, the biggest thing about the last two years, um, was my increase in alcohol consumption, um, and drug consumption. So 2020 saw me open my gym, the studio, and I opened, um, I opened it at the start of February, but had my opening party at the beginning of March. And six weeks later, we were locked down. Um, I think it was just such a shock to my system that anything was happening the way that it was happening and I, I really didn't have time to like process what was going on um but it was like okay cool we're locked down like it's just a bit of a holiday you know and um I got into really bad habits with drinking and drinking just became something that was my friend it was my comfort place I didn't have a lot else to do so yeah I drank and at the time, I was like, you know, still training and everything felt all right and um, I could drink and, like, not really put on too much weight and so I wasn't really fussed about that. <laughs> um, I was still eating um, and, yeah, I, I thought, you know, um, it's just it's just a holiday. It's just a few weeks, just a few weeks of um, downtime before I get to, you know, go again Um so, yeah, I, uh, I thought that I was good. Um, but at that time, I was seeing 
seeing the guy that I've talked about in previous episodes and I don't want to go back into talking about that because I've dealt with a lot of that stuff and I think I used the podcast in a way to try and like heal from some of the stuff that was going on um but what happened in that is that it really triggered off a lot of my um my trauma from my childhood um the relationship really reminded me of things that happened in my childhood and it it wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily as fault I guess it was things that were buried within me that I hadn't dealt with and I was triggered and so I hadn't dealt with a lot of the stuff that happened to me really like I'd spoken about it but I hadn't really gone deeply into it the way that I have done these last few months um and it I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder um and it's not not a fun place to be um you really do have to completely unravel who you are and who you think you are and the things that you've set up in your con- in your subconscious to help you um, get through hard times and to keep you safe. And a lot of those mechanisms are not healthy. Um, so, yeah, for most of 2020, um, like, yeah, I was just dealing with trying to come to terms with that. Um, but I didn't really want to. So I found that drinking helped me to just numb it out and not really think about it. Um, but then I started using drugs a bit more. Um, and again, I thought I was in control. Um, the anxiety of, um, the next week that I felt just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. Um, so I would, you know, party on the weekends, have this severe anxiety during the week. And so I would drink again to numb that anxiety. Um, and I, even at that time, I didn't realize like the pattern that I was in. I just, you know, it was off work and I didn't have anything to sort of, um, focus on. So when I went back to work after the first lockdown, um, I was really happy to be back at work. Um, was like, you know, that was just a time that was just six weeks of partying. And then, yeah, back at work, I was like, okay, time to pull my head in get responsible. Um, which I did to an extent, but then we got locked down again. And so here we go again, round two. And as you can kind of imagine every lockdown, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I got more and more and more depressed and more and more anxious to the point where, I was so triggered by so many things. I wouldn't, um, I would only go to the bottle shop. Like I struggled to even go to the supermarket to get food. Um, I would eat on the go, just eat takeaway all, all day. Um, if I was eating at all and I found myself just falling into this hole. Um, I was in a really, really bad way and I was, I was trying, like I was trying to, disconnect from the things that were causing me the upset and the trauma but my subconscious again or maybe my conscious I don't know I was going back I would tell myself no this is enough I'm not gonna I'm not dealing with this like I need to look after myself I need to put myself first and then the minute that I did that I would feel this guilt and then I'd be like but what if what if and 
So I would go back on my word to myself. So I was sort of teaching myself that I couldn't actually trust my own intuition and I couldn't trust my, I couldn't trust myself. And by the end of 2020, I was, I was feeling, I was in a better space. I was, you know, doing all right. Um, and went into 2021 thinking like, nah, leave all that shit in the past, leave everything behind me. It doesn't, it doesn't serve me. It's not helping me leave it all behind. Um, so I went into 2021 leaving a lot of things behind me, but I took the drinking and the drug use with me into 2021. Um, still unaware that I was an addict. Um, I just thought that I had a problem. Like I just thought that I had a drinking problem. I didn't realize that I had an addiction problem. And I started 2021, I went uh, out to celebrate a friend's engagement and bumped into my ex and it just all kind of started again. And uh I went through the first sort of three months of 2021 in very much the same way that I finished 2020. And I really had, again, like I told myself no more, no more, but I just was lying. Like I just, it was like I was addicted to the pain. I was addicted to the feeling of sadness. I was addicted to this person. Um, I was addicted to his validation of me. And I was addicted to, I honestly said, I said to one of my friends, maybe I'm addicted to being depressed, you know, like I'd found some kind of comfort in being depressed. And so it almost felt wrong or like a bad thing when I felt happy. And so the minute that I felt happy, I would sabotage it and go back into depression. And that's something that I still struggle with now, um, but I'm getting the support and the help that I need to deal with those things now. Um, so the beginning of 2021, um, I found out that I was pregnant. And the minute that I found out that I was pregnant, um, I was... I was, the only time I thought about having kids was when I was with George and we were married and I thought, well, that's the next thing that you do is have kids. Um, but we never ended up having children. And so, um, you know, besides from that, I just, I've never really thought I want to have kids, I guess in some ways, because I don't want them to have the life that I had. Um, and I, this world is pretty fucked up. So, you know, I was sort of not really thinking about ever being a, a mom to my own children, but, um, I got pregnant and all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming sense of, I'm going to be a mom. And I, in my head at that time, I thought like, I'll be fine. I can do this on my own. Like it's, I don't need anybody there to, you know, I don't need, I didn't need my ex to be there. Um, I didn't need him to be there. I was going to do it by myself. I was fine. And in March of this year, I lost the baby. And that for me was the spiraling point. Um, I, I switched, um, 
my drinking got so much worse. I was drinking every day. Um, I was thinking about drinking all the time. I just pushed every other feeling that I had about the situation to the back and I just drank to... I just drank to, to not feel and it was something to do. It was, you know, if I was at home alone, I would drink because it was something to do. Um, and then I would drink until I blacked out. So that was awesome because when that was their time for me to actually process what, what had happened and what I was really feeling. And, um, yeah, I sort of went into a black hole, I guess, for a while. Um, I hadn't dealt with it. Um, I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted to just pretend that I was okay. And I was like, I'm strong. You know, it's the way that I've handled a lot of things throughout my life is just putting a brave face on and just being, you know, being the survivor, being the strong person. But I wasn't strong. I was I was really struggling inside. And um, yeah, by August, August, I think of this, this year, um, I'd really had enough. Um, I'd had enough of my brain, I'd had enough of trying to run from what I was really needing to deal with. I'd, I'd had enough. Um, and I, I had lost myself so much. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing anything for anymore. I'd lost passion for the gym. I didn't feel like training. I didn't want to really see people like seeing people was hard. Um, I isolated myself a lot. Um, when I did see people, all I did was try and process things that I was distracting myself from. So if I give you an example, like I was not dealing with what had happened in losing the baby, but I was like talking constantly about the things that other people had done to hurt me or what my ex had done to hurt me. So I was focusing so much on that so that I didn't have to talk about um, the baby. And when my friends would ask me like, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm fine. You know, this, these things happen, these things happen. But yet I was completely obsessed about talking about, you know, one particular thing on loop all the time. So, um, there was never a gap. I was never able to take a breath from that. Um, it was just like, anytime I was in contact with anybody, it would come back to me talking about that situation. And, um, I just got fucking sick and tired of myself. I got sick and tired of hearing my own voice saying the same thing um, and not being able to break the pattern that I was in. Um, and so, yeah, in, um, in August, um, in August I'd had enough. I was... I was really struggling. Um, I was idealizing uh, not being in the world. Um, I didn't want to be here. I would have been happy if I hadn't woken up. Um, everything felt hard. I was exhausted from doing nothing. I was um, getting out of bed felt hard. Um, you know, I'd get up eventually, get ready, and 
then just feel like I just would want to sit and like zone out um, and not, not actually do anything. I was so dissociated from myself and for anyone who doesn't know what dissociation is, it's when you, you, you know, your body, your body's there, but your mind is not. Um, and I was, yeah, I didn't know what was going on in my body and my body was just screaming out for me to deal with the shit that I've, that I went through. Um, and yeah, when I met Wilksy, um, who was on my last podcast episode, um, he shared his story with me and when he shared his story with me, it, it, something, something clicked in my brain and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I, I had an addiction when I was in the UK, which I left to come out here to get away from, um, but I didn't understand that I was the addict and that it didn't matter how far away from the substance that I got, the addict was always going to be with me. And when he shared his story, I suddenly realized that I, I was back in that space. I, I was addicted, but I still hadn't accepted that I was the addict. And I, d- yeah, I, I, you know, heard his story and eventually um, after another lockdown and another really big night where I totally wrote myself off, um, I asked him if he could point me in the right direction to get some help and support. And I said, I, I have a problem. I think I have a problem. I think that I, I think that I have a drinking problem. Um, and the biggest reason why I sort of realized that was because I was trying to not drink um, because it had become apparent that I was drinking too much and I was trying not to drink and then we got locked down again and I was like no like you don't have to go back to the same old patterns you cannot drink this time but within 24 hours I was at the bottle shop and within the next 24 hours I drank a slab to myself on my own at home and, um, I realized I'm like, I can't say no to myself. Like I just, there's so many things that I tell myself I want to do and then I don't follow through with them. It's like, I just do, I don't trust myself to know what's best for me. And, um, and so I, um, I asked him if he could point me in the right direction to get some help. And he, you know, said that, you know, you've got to get all the alcohol out of your house um, and come to a meeting. This was on a Monday, so come to a meeting on Wednesday. So, um, I did that. I just did everything that he told me to do. I went to the meeting on the Wednesday and, um, and I started going to meetings and, um, I had, you know, nearly a month of sober time. Um, but we'd been locked down again and I was so in my head. Um, I was, I was losing, I felt like I was losing my mind. This was like, you know, what I'd obviously been suppressing with the alcohol for so long, but by, you know, day sort of 27 or something, I was losing my mind. I was um, having night terrors. Um, I was having recurring memories, recurring loops in my head that just wouldn't stop playing. Um, it was like conversations that were happening in my head that um, I couldn't turn off. And anytime I had quiet time, they would just be there. 
Um, I had suppressed memories coming back to me um, about my childhood and I felt like I was going fucking mad, like I was losing my mind. And uh, at that point, again, I reached out to Sean and I asked him, like, you know, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm going fucking crazy. And he said, you know, maybe you need to get some some further support. Like maybe, you know, if you go into a rehab, they can be there for you 24 hours a day, um, you know, get some time fr- away from from everything that's stressing you out. You know, you're dealing with this and then also in a lockdown and also planning to open business again when things come back. And, um, you know, maybe it would be a good thing to go away for a little while. And I, I don't know... <laughs> Even looking back, I was just like, yep, okay. And I just, that was on a Friday. And by the Monday, um, I'd contacted a rehab in Geelong and I'd booked in and I checked myself in on the Tuesday um, and went in there for 30 days, um, which ended up being 38 days because we got quarantined there. Um, But I went into this rehab and I put my entire life on hold. Um, I didn't really tell anybody where I was going. Um, I deactivated my social media and I just, I just went, I was desperate. Like I was so desperate to, I was so desperate to not be me. (laughs) I was so desperate to deal with what the fuck was going on in my life. And, um, I didn't want to I didn't want to keep living the way that I was living. I was like, either, you know, I'm going to commit suicide because I was so over all the things that were in my head and the constant feelings that I had, the constant bad feelings that I had. I just didn't want to be here. And it was like, I either I'm not going to be here or I'm going to fix, I'm going to fix it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And so I admitted myself into rehab. Um, Bender, you know, went to my friends, um, which I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful for every person who um, who helped me through that time. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't really tell anyone. I told like three people that I was going. Um, and yeah, that was probably the, the most life-changing experience that I've had. Um the program in the rehab was very consistent. Um, there was a plan every day. Um, every day was different. We did different things. Um, there was a lot of like meditation time. Um, there was yoga, there was art therapy. Um, I had, thankfully, um, the owners of the rehab, um, when I went in, I explained my situation and that I was suffering from complex post-traumatic stress disorder and they were able to get me in with both of their counsellors, um, one of which I still see now and she's fucking amazing. Um, but I got in with both of their therapists. So I was doing two therapy sessions a week as well as the program and um, the the program involved a lot of like getting to the bottom of being an addict um, but also gave us time to meditate and be with our thoughts and to, you know, um, kind of like it was, it was really like for, forcing in a way, forcing us to sit with who we were, um, that we didn't have our phones. Um, you know, I was in a small room. Uh, <laughs> I had step work to complete and, um, 
And I, I just, I just dove into the program. I dove into everything that was happening there headfirst. And, um, like I say, I was just desperate. I was so desperate to get to the bottom of what was really happening to me. And, and I was unraveling, I was unraveling years of suppressed feelings. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up being there for, I was there for 38 days. Um, when I came out of the rehab, um, I felt like, I literally felt like I'd been paint, painted gold. <laughs> like I was almost indestructible, you know, and for the first few days I was good. Um, I was just, you know, living, living the dream. <laughs> um, but then I realized that I was alone and I was, I've got amazing friends in my life, but essentially I, I realized that this is something that I had to do alone. And I've still been in therapy twice a week since I got out. And thankfully, after a long time on the wait list, I got in um, to the Sexual Assault and Family Violence Centre for therapy. And I'm with a trauma-informed therapist there. And I'm, like I say, still with a therapist that I was seeing when I was in the rehab. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I am a very fucking internally damaged person. Um, I don't think that I'm going to be that way forever. Um, I'm learning new ways to live my life. Um, I'm learning to trust myself again, um, or if ever I have. Um, it's fucking uncomfortable and it sometimes just feels like shit and it sometimes feels like I, you know, I make decisions that are not necessarily the best decisions, but it's the decision that I make and I have to forgive myself sometimes when it's not the best one. Um it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey and I don't recognize the person that I was. I don't, I really don't. I don't recognize the person that I was over the last, um, two years. I, I handled life in the best way that I could at the time. Um, but I don't feel like that person anymore. I feel like I'm breaking through a lot of, a lot of bad habits and a lot of, a lot of coping mechanisms that I developed over years to protect myself, and I still do that now. Um, and I'm still trying. And every day I wake up and I just try, I just try. Um, it's all I can do. It's all I can offer myself. It's all I can do for me and be, is just to try and. Um, you know, I've been so fortunate in the things that I'm learning about my past and what I'm doing with my therapist. Like I, I almost do have a split in like that. I revert back to a child when I, when I'm triggered. Um, and you know, it's really hard to take care of yourself when you're acting in child mode. Um, so I've started to do things with my inner child. Like I spend time with her and I color in with her and bake cookies and, you know, the things, some of the things that I share on my Instagram, you know, they're not necessarily things that I, like I am doing for me. I'm doing them for a little girl who spent her life in fear and she, you know, I, I look back and, you know, even just memories about when I grew up, like I grew up pretty much in pubs because my parents were drinking and, you know, we were almost like we were there, but we were just a burden. Like it was like, oh, we've, you know, we want to do our thing. So we'll take the kids. Um, 
and we didn't really have a lot of time spent with us, like quality time with our parents. Um, they were really absent emotionally. And so now it's like I'm doing those things that my inner child never really had. And that was that quality time with a loving parent. And, you know, like the other day, um, I had therapy with my therapist from SAFE and I'd said to her that I was doing these things and I realized that I was doing them for my inner child because I could feel like when I do coloring and stuff like, you know, it's like, it feels really nice. It feels really nurturing. And, and so, yeah, when I, um, I got off the phone to her and then, um, I opened the mail this week and she'd sent me some clay and she said, you know, I was thinking maybe in our next session we could, we could do some clay work. And when I, when I opened the clay, um, I just cried because she had noticed that And it just came in because I'm crying. <laughs> um, thanks, baby. Um, I just cried because she cared enough to recognize that that was something that I needed and something that my inner child needed. And um, this week, while I had therapy with her, I, I made something out of clay while she was talking to me and um, it was one of the most therapeutic moments because, because I felt like I had someone there who really wanted to take care of me and um, I'm not going to dig into like everything that I've understood about my life in this time as I've been doing this deep dive of therapy, but what I will say is it's exhausting. Um, it's not easy and it feels like you're buried in the dirt a lot of the time. Um, but the moments that I've had where I've realized why I do things or what I'm doing or how I'm trying to protect myself and trying to undo those things um, are worth worth it. Like they're worth being tired. They're worth um, the pain of unraveling. And as much as it hurts some days, like the good days now are worth it. Like, it's worth it to just have one good day or one good moment, one joyful, one joy-filled laugh, you know, one moment with your friends when they're like just smiling at you and can see the person that you are and just to see the look even in their eyes of seeing me more at peace um, is worth it. And I could, you know, go into a lot of things now, but I know with a lot of my, uh, a lot of my interviews with 
with people coming onto the podcast. Um, I do talk about some of the things that I've discovered as I've sort of bounced off things that they've discovered as well. Um, so those will come, you know, in future episodes. And I'm not embarrassed about what happened or talking about it. Um, I think just at this point in time, it's not necessarily um, worth really unpacking. It's more about the unpacking of what I needed to do for me and the admissions that I needed to make to myself. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm, I'm learning and growing all the time and I still... It's going to be, you know, a long road for me to recover um, and to rediscover myself. But I've come to terms with the fact that it's potentially going to be a lifelong, a lifelong thing. And if it, if it isn't, <laughs> uh, then cool. But um, if it is, then I'm, I'm in for the long haul, you know, and I'm not always, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to fuck up and I'm not always gonna get things right and who really does um but at least like I say I'm trying and I want to be I want to be someone who can share my lived experience um I don't always want to have to feel the pain of my lived experience to share it but I have a lived experience and I feel like that in itself can help people to um, know that, you know, there's better things are coming. Um, life right now for me is really good. Work is really good. I'm back back to work full time. Um, I'm fully booked, um, which I haven't been since I opened. <laughs> um, I'm fully booked. You know, we're doing things with Sisters and Strength at the moment. Um, and I'm here on all things taboo and, you know, they're my priorities right now. Um, as I say, I'm one person and um, I'm also in recovery and so sometimes not everything gets gets done the way that I would like it to, but but it, but I'm here and and I'm and I'm happy. Um, I'm sleeping again, which is amazing. Um, I'm eating again. Um, and I'm 123 days sober today. So I couldn't thank my friends and the people who have helped me more. And I honestly don't know how I could ever, I don't know how I could ever repay, um, repay them for what they've done for me. Um, but I just know that I am loved now and I can start learning how to love myself. Um, <laughs> I've also been, you know, it's, um, it's been about five months since I've even been with anyone. Um, and, you know, time alone is really hard. Like it does get lonely. Um, but I have no intention to date uh, while I'm doing this work on myself. Um, I thought that if anything came along that, you know, I would allow it to happen in its own way. But, um, yeah, 
it's been time away from having any um, intimate partners because that distracts me from the work that I'm doing on myself. Um, and I've realized that um, regardless of the level of intimacy, it distracts me from me. And it's easy to fall back into distraction because that's what my brain has done for so many years. And I just don't want to be distracted while I'm healing. So yeah, so doing it, doing it alone. It's fucked. It's crazy. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to want to just fix it with sex, drugs and rock and roll. Um, but here I am, um, without the sex, drugs and just a little bit of rock and roll. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for being here and for listening. I hope that this has been ben beneficial to someone out there. Um, if you are struggling, you're not alone. Um, if you are dealing with trauma, I will put contact numbers in the profile of this episode so that you can contact them. Um, there are a lot of free services out there as well that I've discovered. And um, for anyone who's struggling financially, there's a lot of free services. So I'll put those in the bio as well. Um, please reach out, please contact someone. Like I, it's not easy. Um, sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's like you don't think you're ever going to come out from the dirt. Um, but something that I had a revelation, my own little revelations that I have these days, um, I had a little revelation that, you know, sometimes when you're healing, you planted a whole new garden. Um, I shared it in my story. And, you know, it's like everyone just sees the dirt and you even can only see the dirt. It just feels dirty and muddy and yucky. Um but the seeds that you've planted are taking root. And when they start to sort of pop their little heads out of the out of the dirt, and suddenly you find yourself doing things in a new way, and suddenly you respond differently to something, and you go, fuck, six months ago, I wouldn't have responded to that in that way. A year ago, I wouldn't have responded to that in that way. Suddenly your nervous system isn't aligning with damaged nervous systems and you're suddenly wanting healthier relationships and boundaries, you know, and you go, oh, wow, that's different. And it's those little seeds, those plants are now growing, you know, you've planted them and they're growing. And the bigger that they grow, the easier it gets to love yourself and to set boundaries and to take care of yourself and to trust yourself. And obviously the bigger that the plant grows, the easier it gets. And there's this muddy, dirty, ugly time in the middle. Um, but if you can push through that, then you will see the good things coming out. So I'll leave you guys with that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I can't, if my friends are listening, I can't thank you enough for your support and your love. I know that I do things very strangely sometimes. Um, but I love you and I'll forever be grateful for everything that my friends have done for me. And until next time, I'll leave it there.